Welcome to Roll with Advantage. In D&D, when you roll with advantage, you get to roll two dice instead of one. So this week, you get two episodes instead of one. Enjoy! Content may not be appropriate for all audiences. Listener's discretion is advised. to WTF Are You Talking About, the podcast where we don't know what we're talking about until you do. I'm Katie. I'm Decker. And we are here to ask each other, what the fuck are you talking about? So here's a brief breakdown of how this is going to work. We've got six categories of topics, Mm -hmm. and the next episode's contents will be determined by the roll of a die at the end of this episode. Our tiny little cat is sticking her little posies through the door, and it's adorable. Uh, anyway. (laughs) The categories are true crime, paranormal, history and education, science, entertainment, and current events. We will use an eight-sided die. If you roll a one, you will roll a six-sided die with the same categories, except whatever you pick has to be local. So, Idaho or states bordering Idaho. If you roll an eight, then you get to pick your category, which I rolled an eight last time. So, Decker doesn't even know what category I'm going to talk about. He could probably guess. But, um... I try not to. I want to live in surprise. <laughs> well, you'll be surprised. <laughs> that sentence was bad. <laughs> I want to live in surprise. I, that, that feels like a stressful life. Um, yeah, so... Let's... Wow, you're my real family? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you're actually a cat? What? Oh. <laughs> well, let's, let's crack into it. Oh. Now that yes. you've taken a big drink of water. <laughs> I know, I gotta, gotta moisten my... Ugh. Mouth. And now all of our listeners have left because you've said moisten. Mm. Well, yeah, you gotta be amply prepared to talk. That's what we do. <laughs> I mean, I could gesture, but I don't think they're gonna hear that. I'd like you to do your whole segment through interpretive dance at the microphone. <laughs> yes, I will just talk like this. <laughs> uh, for those of you that can't see me, which is all of you, um, I was just waving my hands up and down. I want my arms include all. My I limbs. hope it's all of them that can't see you. Karen, is that you? <laughs> um, okay. Well, Decker, what the fuck are you talking about? Mm, well, I had a couple things I wanted to talk about. Unfortunately, I could not find enough information on either of them. I'm hoping one day I will. Because <laughs> one of them is something... Because uh, I, I, I had two ideas in mind. I had... Uh, what was your category? Paranormal. Okay. Also, quiet phone. Don't you ever talk to me like that again. <laughs> Hey, you sure told it. There we go. Yep, and that won't talk to me ever again. So, um, but I had paranormal. So I was thinking, I had two categories. I had, that I was going to look at inside there. I was going to look for, like, the supernatural in terms of, like, creatures or entities, whether it was, like, mythical folklore or stuff like that. Like, you have, like... Cryptozoology? Yeah, like, stuff like that. And I just thought that'd be kind of fun, because it's still, like, mysterious. Um, <laughs> and then I had... Uh, actual like paranormal activity, whether it's like ghost or hauntings and or stuff. Bad like that. <laughs> or bad movies. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we'll talk about that maybe a little bit later. But uh, I have, I decided to go with the paranormal one. I just I happened to stumble upon um, yesterday, and it is going to be about the old Charleston jail and Lavinia Fisher. 
Okay. Now, have you heard of Lavinia Fisher? I think I have heard of Lavinia yeah, Fisher. Yeah, I'm sure you have, because you want to know why? Uh, season 5, episode 10 of Ghost Adventures apparently <laughs> has it. I didn't even know until I started digging into it, and I was like, oh. See, I don't think I've seen that. And you've got to bet that I watched that whole episode. Oh, did you? Just because I wanted to see what they had found. And it was interesting, because um, with this story, there are some things that they definitely talked about. And at the end, I actually have some counter arguments to it because it seems like there's two sides to the story, both saying what what is said to have happened and what actually happened. So, um, man, that's weird. I just got chills all of a sudden. Okay, but anyways. Oh, good. We're haunted. <laughs> yeah. Woo! It's just the window. Um, what kind of ghost is that? The ghost of a woo girl? <laughs> that's that's the party ghost. <laughs> woo! Um. So yeah. So Lavinia Fisher. So. Um, Lavinia Fisher, uh, was a, supposedly a very beautiful young lady. She had a husband whose name was, I saw it as John. Mr. Yes, John. Mr. Lavinia Fisher. Mr. Lavinia Fisher. There we go. That's <laughs> the way. Uh, and her, and her husband, uh, they both resided in Charleston, South uh, Carolina for most of their lives. They owned an inn. It was called the Six Mile Inn, uh, Six Mile Wayfarer House, which, they managed in the 1800s, early 19th century. And the reason why they call it the Six Mile Inn is because it was six miles from Charleston. <laughs> so, <laughs> I see what uh, they did there. Right? Ha, ha, ha. Um, and during their time there, they were supposedly fairly popular, very well-liked. I mean, and also, Lavinia was supposed to be a very beautiful young woman. So, um, right? They never really had anything ill going against them, unlike other hauntings where it's like, town hated them mm-hmm. kind of thing but um there started becoming complaints and reports being made to local sheriffs about uh guests disappearing at their inn right so people would come in to come stay and also they never see them leave they never hear about them leaving right oh, so it's like hotel california yeah right <laughs> yes Check it anytime you like but you can never leave yeah so um so the story goes that lavinia fisher she would invite travelers into the inn and for dinner and ask them some questions. Now, when I say some, I might be downplaying that a bit, she'd ask them a lot of questions. Basically, from what I gather from this story is it's questions basically gathering their occupation, their social standing, their family, stuff like that. Uh, with that, she would ask them lots of questions about basically their social standing. Um, and then what would end up happening is she would send them to their rooms with a cup of tea. Mm. And this tea is supposedly poison. Okay. Yep. Now, with that, and it looks like and it looks like it was mainly just men. So they never prey on women. It was just men. Um, and they go to drink their, their tea to go to bed. And with that, they would end up... Uh, falling asleep, never waking up, and there are several different ways as how the story ends. Either they would just be dead, and, like, like they'd actually kill them with, like, the poison tea, and they'd rob them. They'd take, like, all their financial assets and stuff like that. They would stab them... Like you do. ...in their sleep. Right? Because nothing just says, like, (laughs) making it homely with the poison and stabbing. Come stay at my inn. Yeah. You might die. You might die. Um, And then the other thing is... When they would drink the tea in the room, and they'd fall asleep, 
underneath the bed was a trap door <sighs> that would collapse and either they would fall into a pit or they would die, whether it was like them waiting for them to kill them or something like that, or there'd be spikes down below oh. to impale them. Like bungee sticks? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Which I'm like, holy shit. That's horrible. I love sleeping. Don't don't, don't make me die <laughs> don't ruin like that. This for me. Right? <laughs> That's what I do every this day. Is my thing. <laughs> so there would be that and so the contemporary news article of that time which was called the, the Char- uh, Charleston Post and Courier um claimed that a gang went to go stake out their house because people were disappearing. They, they weren't sure who was actually there or not. So this gang went, uh, vigilante gang, right? So no one actually organized this other than just some townspeople. They went to go check out and see the surrounding area, right? Because it's also rumored that people were being robbed in the nearby vicinity. Um, they supposedly owned two places. I don't recall what the other place was. Um, but they would... Basically, they were like highway bandits, supposedly as well. So instead of just robbing them in their sleep, there's also stories of possibly, like, you know, stopping people on their travels and taking their assets and getting away quickly. And, of course, they could because it's nearby in the inn. And mm-hmm. maybe they, they had some tunnels or some ways to hide away before anyone could see them. So this group would go and and try to look around. And what ended up happening was they ended up leaving a young man named David Ross to watch the area. So... They didn't find anything there, but they're like, just in case, stake this out. If you see anything, come let us know. So when David Ross was waiting there, uh, according to an affidavit that he had sworn to, several guests came back to the inn, got physical with him, and kicked him out. With David. They got physical with David. Physical with David, and they kicked him out. Now, David wanted to go back in because he had some belongings that he left at the inn, and when he went to go back in, Lavinia proceeded to choke him out and then put his head through a window. Oh, Jesus. Now, that's pretty crazy. Just one, because back then, I, you never really hear in history about women being overtly aggressive. You have badass women, mind you. But to have someone come back in and then just a woman just chokes a man and puts his head through a window, that seems pretty crazy for that time period. Time well, frame. remind me of the time frame again. This was this is nineteenth uh, century, ni- early eighteen hundred. Uh, yeah, yeah, eighteen hundreds. Yeah. So yeah, that's weird. Right. So you have that, and then Mister Ross, right when he's inside there, two other men named William Hayward and John Fisher, his wife. Or <laughs> man, I'm not good with words. William Her Hayward's husband. wife, John Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> um, they beat him with loaded whips. Oh, Jesus. They right. were just carrying him around? <laughs> yes. Um, Time to go to dinner. Got luckily, he managed to escape. And supposedly he was also being fired at. I know there's only one story that mentions that he was being shot at while he was leaving. So I'm not sure how much of that is, of course, all true with stuff like this. But he managed to escape and he alerted authorities about it. Now, immediately following his incident, you have another traveler uh, named John Peppins. <clears throat> I kept thinking it was like uh, Peppies, but I, I'm going to say Pebbles because Peoples just sounds a little weird. I went to, uh, maybe we Peoples. went to high school with a, a guy whose last name was Peebles. Peebles. Okay. Um, so John Peebles, uh, he asked if there were any vacancies at this inn. Right. Um, so he went to go to the inn. Lavinia, of course, said there was no room available, but she offered him in. So it seems like there was this 
there was this ploy where she would say that there was nothing available, but invite them in to be hospitable. So like, so they could relax because they had been traveling for a while, mm-hmm. so offered them some tea and some stuff. Now, funny thing is, John hated tea. So in order to not be rude, when she like looked away and walked, he dumped it out. Tact as if he drank it. So good for him. I for not have this tea. image of him just like throwing it over his shoulder. So there's just like right. a puddle behind him. I think him. of like Emperor's New Groove. Oh, like in the play. <laughs> or like Brock yes. drinking and just going on his shoulder. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but he did that. And then she asked him a lot of questions. And these questions went on for uh, what seemed like several hours. And then all of a sudden there was a vacancy. Hmm. In the Convenient. room. So he goes up there to go see in the room. But of course he's very suspicious about this. Um, Sleep in the closet. <laughs> right. So he actually slept on a chair. Good call. the door. Because what ended up happening later on was he was sleeping. He woke Did up the to bed a, open up? He woke up to a sound uh, and the bed just went. Oh my God. And just opened up and dropped. Right. And so, of course, he gets the hell out of there. Right. So that tells me one. Whatever lever or poison they had was not in that room. Mm-hmm. So that way they did not just awake them, right? They did yeah. it from like another vicinity. And my only assumption is either he ran out of there faster than <laughs> they could come stop him, or he like jumped out the window or something. Um, but he ends up getting out of there. Now that's one version of the story. There's another version actually with John, where John was on his way to look in, he was in going towards the city, going way to the onto the inn, and he got robbed along the way. Right after um Mr. Ross was running away, right? That's a shitty so, day. <laughs> well, not only that, that's just bad planning in terms of being like a gang. You don't rob someone the same day that someone's finding out that you're being aggressive and stuff like that. I know my heart's full. Our cat is being cute. Yes. So what? <laughs> now, based on those two accounts, uh, people were identified by name, right? Because, I mean, a woman putting your head through a window, I would hope that you'd probably remember that. Yeah. Um, and and the law witnesses. enforcement finally came to investigate because now they had they had allegations or proof that they didn't have previously, right? Because there were allegations before about people disappearing, but they didn't actually have anything to get them to go. So they go there to go investigate, um, and they found the, the two other gang members, along with Lavinia and John. John surrendered virtually immediately with, to, um, with his group in order to protect his wife, according to this story, and to shield her from the possible gunfire, like from like an execution squad. Which was common at that time. Now, later during the uh, interrogation, too, he um, also attempted to protect her by giving the identities of all people involved in their gang, period. Right? So he was very hmm. forthcoming. So while they were dick people, he really loved his wife, I yeah. think. So I mean, there's, there's that. Okay. okay. Um, now, here's a part where it's a little uncertain. So, also, this brings up another point. While I was doing this research, I found one webpage, which was Wiki. Right, just trying to get some of my primary sources. I found another page, literally word for word, was the wiki page. Oh my god. So for those of you out there that are trying to do research <laughs> or want to do projects, don't just copy and paste, because people see that, mm-hmm. and it's just not cool. So, um, I mean, the nice thing is, it corroborated the story, but... Because it, really it was helped. the same thing. Right, I know, so it didn't really help me... That's Back like me corroborating my own story. Right. But I luckily, though, so luckily, though, with the, the Ghost Adventures team and with another article I found, a lot of it corroborated most of the stuff I was talking about. There's only one article that refutes that, which I'll talk about later. But the thing that's uncertain is they go into the house, they go to investigate it. They found a whole bunch of hidden passages underneath the inn, like different routes to get in and out. 
And they also found um, an herb. They thought it was, I didn't actually put it in here, but there was an osavane or like some sort of like, there was some sort of herb that they thought what they were using as like the, poison. the poison in the tea. Right. Like belladonna or and something. And that would put you to sleep for hours. And they also found in the basement, supposedly, as many as a hundred sets of remains. Jesus Christ. Right. That's some, like, H.H. Holmes shit right there. So that's a lot. So so you have... So, so this is a little bit more crime-esque in terms of the paranormal yeah. part to start. But... I only found two things that said that that was a possibility. The other mm-hmm. one says that that's not a thing that happened mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also supposedly afterwards, because I'm not sure if it's because the people were all angry. I couldn't find anything that indicated why, but the whole property got burned down. <laughs> Convenient. Right. So I'm like, well, there goes all your evidence. I hope you collected as oh, much as oops. you could. Whoops, <laughs> it's gone. So um, about a week later, the coroner uh, went to the property because someone had reported a freshly dug grave. Uh, he found two bodies. One had been a man who had been shot and died uh, about eight days earlier. The other was a black woman who had been buried about two years prior. Um, it's supposed to be the man of one of the previous raids and had buried a grave of a slave that had been hastily dug. Now, this is going to be important a little bit later on as because this has to do with another story that refutes some of the stuff that happened here. Okay. So, but those were the only two bodies that were ever found, according to this other article. Now, a whole year was pushed back in terms of their execution, right? They were trying to do their trial. They asked for an appeal. Um, they pled not guilty, of course. Uh, and some of their co-conspirators were released on bail, but they, the husband and wife were not. And they ended up being found guilty of highway robbery, which is a capital offense. And also owning a murder hotel. Right. <laughs> then that too. And then the judge did allow an appeal or a reprieve up until January. So during this time, while they were waiting for that reprieve, they were trying to find a way to get out mm-hmm. of jail. So they ended up using some bed linens to create a rope mm-hmm. as you, as I guess every old school every breakout movie ever. Right. It's just bed linens. Like does uh-huh. no one think about the bed linens <laughs> or first off, why are you providing so many bed linens to people? Yeah, like... Like, how do people not notice, how like, many wow, we're losing... How that out- you can create such a rope? Like, how how much linen is on these right. beds? This building's pretty tall. This building, I would say, is, like, four stories tall. Right? So you can't just jump from it. Mm-hmm. So, um... They were planning their escape. The husband got down, but unfortunately the rope broke as he was escaping. So mm-hmm. he got out, but his wife unfortunately couldn't. Now, being a lovely husband as he is, he stayed. He didn't run away, so he got taken back into the jail, and they put him under higher security. And, of course, then they refused the appeal. And they're like, uh, no, yeah. we're doing this trial faster now. And they both got convicted, and they were sentenced to death. So, with that in mind, uh, they had a reverend, of course, that was trying to give all the rights. I mean, nothing crazy there. And then the gallows, <clears throat> what's crazy is the husband was saying that he was innocent. And of course, he's trying to plead his innocence as he was being hung mm-hmm. and trying to get his wife from beginning the <laughs> death sentence. Which is funny because, according to this time, um, no woman had ever been executed. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to, like, like uh, U.S. federal law. Like, they've never killed a woman before. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to make sure that, you know, of course, she's not killed, even though they're all, I mean, and especially Lavinia herself is assuming she's going to get pardoned. Because mm-hmm. they don't kill women, right? Women are 
weak and easily manipulated, so to speak. Um, he did air quotes, people. Calm down. I did. Yes. Did you hear that? <laughs> Here I... That was the air quotes. So, um, with that in mind, um, the husband ended up contradicting himself and saying that he asked for forgiveness. So, even though he said he was innocent, he then asked for forgiveness for doing his crime. I'm innocent, but, but I also. Then did again, this. he's about to die, so I'm not going to. I wouldn't assume that his mind is rational. He's just saying shit. Now, Lavinia, though, well, she's considered to be America's first convicted serial killer and the first woman executed in America. According, like, in terms of, like, the government actually saying, mm-hmm. You're, we're putting you to death. And up until the moment where she realized also she wasn't going to get pardoned, according to legend, uh, she used her last, last words to say, if you have a message you want to send to hell, give it to me and I'll carry it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. So the husband's trying to be like, Why don't oh, you like- just wave around a flag that says, yeah, I fucking did it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Now... The worst part is she flung herself from the platform. Oh, she did not wait for no. the hangman. So she jumped, mm. hung herself, and because it went to go hang her, it wasn't a clean break. Yeah, so she suffocated for like fifteen minutes. Yeah, well, that's a choice you made, bitch. <laughs> I mean, I can't even imagine suffocating for fifteen minutes. I mean, like, because I've had times where, like, uh, like I nearly drowned once before, mm-hmm. and that felt like a long time. But like, not being able to breathe for mm-hmm. fifteen minutes. Just seems excruciating, which I mean, well deserved if you killed a hundred people. I mean, like yeah. you earned that. Um, but after that, her ghost is believed to be haunting the old Charleston jailhouse. So of course, good old uh, <laughs> Ghost Adventures went in, and they got a whole bunch of. Did they wear their glasses? The no, no, no. This season five. This is before that. Oh wow! Right, so. Um, they go in there, they were investigating some other things as well, like, in terms of, like, old Civil War stuff, but they went in there, and what's really cool is they actually had some really interesting EVPs that they got, that, like, they, that seemed actually really clear, like, Zach Bagans asked, um, you know, what were the last words that he said, and he started walking through the quotes, and they stopped, and all of a sudden, like, you clearly heard the devil from the thing, I'm like, oh, oh, I don't like that. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> I'm, so, um, I mean, there's a lot of people that supposedly haunt it. That's supposedly where she lives, uh, you know, in spirit to this day, where she um, doesn't necessarily cause a lot of chaos, but there's definitely stuff that happens where, like, uh, there one of the people there, he said that he stood in the building, and in his reflection, he or in the window, he thought he saw a woman, but then he realized that that was a reflection of her behind him. Oh, like, ah, so uh, I can't imagine that like feeling her energy would be a pleasant experience. Like, no, it's, it's got to be a negative energy. And another cool thing. So another cool thing about this jail, just outside the paranormal, it's not like a liberal arts trade school college. Oh, right. So they have people going in there. You're like my classroom and, feels like a prison. It literally is. Right. And so <laughs> they have all these books and stuff. They have all these teachers. I'm like, yeah, it's super cool. And it's like historical and so all that stuff. But then you also have like Zach was. He asked him, like, if anything weird had happened, and supposedly they had been working on a project with, like, plaster, and one of the guys walked away, and when he came back, he saw three scratch marks, you know? The, the... Rude! Right? I know, like, one, you ruined my project, and two, I, I guess, because Zach always loves saying that that's the uh, mocking of the Trinity, mm. kind of thing. Oh, for fuck's sake. You know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> Is this the marking of the Trinity? <laughs> Is this so... the sign of the devil? <laughs> so... Um, as an aside... Yes. At the college that I went to, I went to University of Idaho in Moscow... The dormitories up there were designed by people that also design prisons and jails. 
So the dormitories are very similar to uh, detention centers like that. And they, they feel like it. Yeah. Oh, here's a picture of the jail, by the way. Oh, the outside so, is pretty, though. Right? I mean, uh, it kind of has, like, nice, like, rivets on top and... Um, it's nice architecture. Yeah, it is. But that's kind of why they couldn't just, like, jump out. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, no. I'm assuming that they were, like... You'd break something floor. on the way down. Yeah, you, you sure You might not die, but you wouldn't feel great. You wouldn't be running away. Um, and then I actually have an article of, like, the actual paper, like, stating, like, what was happening. Like, they were under guard and the prayer and everything that happened mm-hmm. when, they, when they died. Right? And a vicious path, which in infamy is how this ends. Um, but that's the story or, like, the legend of Lavinia. Mm-hmm. Now, we have the dispute. Right? So, in terms of parts of the legend, she was America's first serial killer and person to get executed. But the problem is, like, she... The argument is, basically, she didn't kill anyone. Right? To which I'd say... But there are a lot of... Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like... It's like a wounded bird kind of thing. Right? Like a damsel in distress. Like, if you did have these highway robberies and you mm-hmm. have a woman who looks innocent and weak and all of a sudden everyone comes and surrounds you, right? That was like a classic trope in a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming that it was because people did that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the, the argument says that she's not the first one, which is fine. I guess uh, uh, there's a woman named Jane Champion who is supposed to be the first one ever hung for an unknown charge. I dug deeper into that one. And I guess it was for hiding a uh, illegitimate child. Oh, which, for fuck's which, sake. And apparently what that means is uh, it was concealing an illegitimate child, which meant that it was not only a child that was like a, like a bastard, mm-hmm. so to speak, but normally that charge was because they died and they wanted to hide the body because they didn't kill it. Which I thought that's a really weird charge. Well, kind of thing think to about hang it. someone for. If you, if you can... If it would be a crime to have an illegitimate child like that, then of course, when it died, they're not going to be like, oh, I have a corpse. Let me take care of this in the proper means, because then everyone would know that you had an illegitimate child. Right. So that so, doesn't surprise me that they would try to right. conceal it. And that's just like a little segue, because this person, this person seems to be very adamant that she wasn't that great in terms uh-huh. of being a serial killer. It almost felt, it felt really personal in terms of an article, so I'm not sure how much of it is That feels very accurate. like, oh yeah, well, I have five well, of these. Because the other thing is, supposedly she wore her wedding dress to her hanging. Now, so she just like brought that with her to right, the jail? Right, but I've, what I heard was the argument is it wasn't a wedding dress, it was a prison gown. Mm-hmm. And back then, supposedly they were white, so it could have been misconstrued as a wedding yeah. dress. But also, to be fair, her house was burnt down. That's why it was important later on, because yeah. she can't wear her wedding dress if, their whole, if all her property exist. is gone. Right? So, um, that kind of debunks that one story about her wearing her wedding gown. But, on top of that, uh, what was it? I don't think they usually let you pick what you get to wear to your execution. I mean, maybe they did. I... I would find that a little weird. I mean, I know you get last meal. Maybe they're like, I can have like a nice suit and tie. Yeah, let's go for it. Um, but let's see. What was it? There was... Okay. So this is where the other refute comes about like a lot of the mythology of like... Not mythology. A lot of the folklore in terms of all the murders of people. Because supposedly they were just bandits mm-hmm. instead of actual like serial killers. And it has to do with a book written by Bruce Orr called Six Miles to Charleston. And this person's like, it seems to mirror, mirror a lot of my research, which um, she okay. was like happy about, but then she's like, she was really bummed out because he found out one other thing, like another breadcrumb. Now, supposedly, uh, Lavinia Ford uh, was a darker-skinned lady. Mm-hmm. 
which I found interesting because in in her thing, she mentions that uh, John had paid seven hundred dollars for two female slaves, and if you remember back in that article about one of two them, bodies, yeah. one of them was a female. So it's basically curious as to like maybe this was maybe she was a slave or someone who was light skinned enough to not be misconstrued mm-hmm. as a slave. But she and was so then he married her, right? Hmm. Um. And I guess the other thing is she's like, well, her name is unusual, but anyway. I have that a, is not unusual right, for that uh, time. Yeah, I mean, people have her names. Like, I have a, I mean, my name's not really that weird. It's not common, but. <laughs> I'm not uh, going to find it on a keychain, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> one of those bicycles that, like, you could get, like, the license yeah. plate on the back. I can't get one. Nope. You know those Cokes where it has, like, this is for Jenny. Nope, there's no decker on those Coke. Yeah, hey. Hey, hey, soda places, please start putting my name on products. I'd really like to feel included. Um, but uh, at the very <laughs> end, um, there's, yeah, so there's hauntings, but nothing malicious, just more kind of creepy. This was mm. more of a creep factor session. Um, yeah. And I guess uh, uh, last thing, too, is there are supposedly lights moving around. You know, like how, orbs? Like, like orbs, like, diff- like when entities are in the nearby vicinity. Uh, they had some. They had a cool EVP too. Um, so there was a kid that won a contest, I guess, back in season five about putting together a music thing to get or a video compilation to work with Zach Bagans. Oh wow, uh, what a which I, it was exciting. Hmm. The, uh, I think the, my favorite part was the kid seemed like a smaller version of Zach Bagans. Oh no, he was he was he was like Lavinia. I hear you like, you know, hot guys. So he's like, I'm the catch, and Zach's like, Zach's like. He's not kidding. And I'm like, mm, a little weird, but okay. I'll let it slide. <laughs> so, but his dad had a cool EVP that he was in a room and it, it sounded like there was some, some inmate yelling in a distance Ooh. and banging. And there were several times where there was like really loud, bang, like clearly audible. Like I, there were times where he was doing his like uh, box. Oh, the spirit box. The spirit box. And like he'd cover it and you could just you didn't have to hear the box. It was just like, you just hear it. Like everyone was like all in the room. Like, Oh, okay. So kind of cool. So that's supposedly one of the most haunted places in the States, at least in the Southern States. But yeah, that is the story of Lavinia. Hmm. Bitch. I know, right? (laughs) She does not sound like a nice lady. Yeah. First off, I used to hate tea, and now that makes me wish I still hated tea if someone tries to do that to me. But Well, if it makes you feel better, I probably won't poison you with tea. That's good. I'm also on the second floor, so if you, if you, as long as you don't make my bend to a trap door, I'll appreciate that. I mean, what are you, uh, I mean, I guess you're over the garage. I, but I, that would take up the place where I park my car, and I'm just not. I would actually fall probably right on your car. That's just way too inconvenient. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I will. I will fall in the manner like all movies do with the legs. Oh yes, the, the broken bird. <laughs> the broken bird. Yeah, I'm. I'm. It's too inconvenient to lose my parking spot to have a murder pit under your bed. Mm-hmm. So you're safe there. Good. I know a few. Good. But yeah, no, I thought it was interesting though. Um, I'm hoping those other stories I had for you. I can find more details in the future. Mm-hmm. It's just because what I'm interested in talking about at some date, and I'm sure hopefully you guys will hear about it in the future. It's just something that's very rare that I barely stumbled upon, but because of that, I can't find any more details on other than like one little snippet. But, mm-hmm. yeah. So 
I don't know. That's interesting. That so is Lavinia. She's appearing like as a full-bodied apparition. Yeah, but like as a full-bodied apparition, full have, voice. Is there were there reports of like the a full-body apparition outside of it being in a reflection? Like just like seeing her walk down the hall or anything. Not that I can recall. I mean, people also like say like they saw movement like out of the corner of mm-hmm. her eye, like so, like nothing clearly distinct. Yeah. It was like peripheral movement. Um, but. That's still yeah, just it was creepy. just it was just orbs, reflections, sounds like clearly audible sounds. You know, mm-hmm. unless unless Zach Bagans forges all of his sound stuff, mm. which it was cool too because they were actually showing, they were showing, actually, and now I'm not sure if I'm confusing it with this one or the episode I was watching with John earlier, which <laughs> is amazing. Um, but like they were looking at all the audio and it was just insane. So, yeah. You had a thing you were going to tell me earlier. I was, yes. So actually, I said it was Zach Bagans. So here's our little side note. Here's our happy story. Because Katie did promise how many sessions? Uh, 87. 87. 87, right? So we're going to make you certainly loosen up. Uh, I was watching <laughs> season eight, uh-huh. episode two. Okay. It had to do with a mansion. I don't uh, know what mansion. that means, but... Right, right. So it's Zach Bagans. It had to do with like an old mansion and like a whole bunch of spirits haunting it. Mm-hmm. And the first thing was... Um, you know how, like, and that's how, why we drink, how they always, like, talk about Zach Bagans, and he's like, is this, is this the, the item that the spirit is talking through, right? And he'll always, like, get, like, really, like, uh, what's the word? I want to say exacerbated. He, he is very paused and poignant with every word he says. Yeah, so, like, I saw a tombstone, I was like, is this the tombstone? And I just, that, and I immediately had a large burp, and John just... (laughs) (laughs) So that was one. The other thing is, they found found a nickel, and they took the moment to be like, the nickel was made in 1999, but if you turn it upside down... (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, for fuck's And John and I, we both had, like, what felt like an aneurysm for a moment, and then we just died, and it was just... Amazing. I, I love their st- old graphics. I hope they stretch daily, because that's a long read. <laughs> Is this the nickel? <laughs> if you hold it upside down, it's still a nickel. <laughs> I just love that he's like, it's a 666. I found a nickel right here. That must mean there are five people buried on this spot. <laughs> so. Christ. Yeah. Man, I oh. need more Zach Bagans in my life. Love you. You need to, we need to watch uh, Demon House when you'll be awake this time. Right, and when Satan doesn't show up. (laughs) It was real funny. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, uh, Katie. Yes? What the fuck are you talking about? Well, since I had such a a lighthearted, happy uh, thing Mm -hmm. last time. Yes? uh, Remember when I told you that wouldn't happen again for a while? Well, yeah. So I had a wild, so that meant I got to pick whatever category. So pause for a moment. What do you think I picked? <laughs> well, if I were to guess, true crime, ding, ding, paranormal. Ding. Uh, it was true crime. True crime. <laughs> um, I very briefly thought about like not doing that and doing something. Why throw me off my game? Yeah, there's like, like tech, something technology. We're talking yeah, about or like science, history, blah blah blah. And then I was like, no, mm. I want to do this. Um, good, good. I'm excited for it, whatever it is. So yeah, buckle up, because we're going to talk about fetal abduction. <laughs> what? That's a, it's that's a, a thing. thing? Yeah. Uh, fetal abduction is a rare crime of child abduction that involves 
usually the murder, well, okay, that's bad phrasing, um, that involves the murder of a pregnant woman and removal of the fetus by forcible cesarean section. And the way that I wrote that in my notes says frequently the murder, no, it, it always involves a pregnant woman. Um, oh, I was like... <laughs> the word frequently was supposed to go as a qualifier for murder. Murder. Because there are people that have survived attacks like this. Oh my god. Um, oh my god. That's, so that's horrible. In the small number of reported cases, about half of the victims, um, mothers and their unborn child included, survive. Mm -hmm. um, but that also means that half of them don't. So that sucks. Um, it seemed... Wait, a forcible cesarean section? Mm-hmm. Uh, it seemed to me that a lot of the weapons being used to perform this were things like kitchen knives and oh! hunting knives and scissors. Mm. Scissors? <laughs> scissors. Oh my god. Scissors, <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Uh huh. Okay. So, fetal abduction is usually committed by a woman after careful planning. Uh, one tactic may be to befriend the pregnant woman. Uh, then the abductor may also pretend to be pregnant as well. Um, so that way they can be like, oh, we're both pregnant. Kind of, yeah, we'll things like that. Security. Also, yeah. it could be that they are pretending to be pregnant to other people. Like, outside of the situation. Um, okay. So this, like, they, this could mean that they're gaining weight using a fake belly, um, cutting themselves to make it look like they have sur like surgical scars from having given birth. Um, oh. Yeah, it's intense. Man, that's quite a leap. Yeah. Um, frequently, when it's time for their false pregnancy to come to an end, the woman will then abduct someone else's child to pass off as their own. Because you can't just be like, oh, I'm pregnant for a year and a half. That's not how it works. Uh, people will ask questions. <laughs> I'm going into my fourth <laughs> trimester. <laughs> 87th trimester. Oh my god, I said it again. <laughs> that really is your favorite word. I don't, I don't understand. And the number will change periodically. Let me get a note. If you ever roll an 87, something great will happen in our game. How am I going to roll an 87? 100%. I don't have 100. I can't words. It's 2d10. Well, I actually I feel like I have a d100 coming with my... my uh... New set? Yes. Oh, my Dungeon Crawl Classics dice, because I got, like, an expanded set. Ooh. Um, that's neither here nor there. This episode is brought to you by... Dice. <laughs> dice. Get um, some. So possible motives could be delusions of fulfilling a partner relationship, childbearing, and childbirth. I think that, like, a lot of this falls under, um, like, mental illness as well. I know, I was going to say, I'm like, really interested in the psychology delusions of Delusions and blah, blah, blah. Um, like, I don't want to jump too far ahead. Is it common for those to have lost... Children like had a miscarriage. Right? Um, or I did. I saw that a lot, um, and that that'll that will come into play a little bit later when sure. I, I talk about my specific case. Okay. Um, between eighteen eighteen no no between nineteen eighty three and two thousand fifteen there were eighteen recorded cases. So this oh makes, this is something that's still happening currently. Yeah. Okay. So this makes 6% 6 of the 302 recorded infant abduction cases during that time, according to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. So that doesn't mean that those are the only cases. That's just the cases in between that bit of time. Okay. Because um, I found some other statistics that said there are 25 reported cases of this, um, not including attempts. So four of the mothers and their fetuses survived. At least 12 of these cases, the fetus survived and the mother did not. 
and in at least one case, which is the one, uh, and in at least one case that I found, the mother survived and the fetus did not. Segway, uh, we're going to talk about the case where the mother survived. That's heartbreaking. So, Michelle Wilkins was 26 years old. She was seven months pregnant, and she responded to a Craigslist post about free maternity clothes in Longmont, Colorado, and this was in 2015. Oh my god. So, this wasn't this that This was, re- like, yeah, recent. this wasn't okay. that long ago. Um, and I, I vaguely remember news reports when this happened, too, so... I don't remember anything like this at all. Well, good, it'll be a surprise. I know, right? I mean, not I li- good, but... I live life surprised. <laughs> In a constant state of surprise. <laughs> oh, jeez, oh, God! <laughs> um... So Michelle went to the home of, and I believe it's Dynell, D-Y-N-E-L, Dynell. I'm going to call her by her last name for the whole rest of the segment. Her last name is Lane, Dynell Lane. Lane. So Delane? I'm just going to call her Lane. Okay. Um, she was 35, and so she went over there shortly before noon. The two women sorted through maternity clothes and just like chit-chatted. Wait, who's 35? Because I thought the girl was, is this the person that was giving out the clothes? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, so Michelle, 26, seven months pregnant. Uh, Lane, 35, not, not pregnant. pregnant, but pretending to be. Pregnant-ish. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. so they sorted through maternity clothes, chatted about pregnancy and, like, thrift store shopping, mm-hmm. and, like, their partners, and just, like, what, you know, just chit-chatty stuff while you're going through clothes. Uh, things start, started to get a little bit weird, because every time Michelle would say that she needed to leave, Lane would be like... She would just talk over her and, like, wouldn't let her, like, gracefully exit. Um, right. So the conversation couldn't end because she wouldn't mm-hmm. let it end? So, and anytime she would, like, open a door to leave. So they were in the basement. Um, anytime she'd open a door to, like, leave and go upstairs, like, Lane would close it. Um, yeah, so Then that's... finally, Michelle turned and started to walk up the stairs um, to go from the basement upstairs to leave. And she felt Lane hit her in the back. Um, so she was, like, pulling at her sweater and scratching her. Um, and so Michelle was like, is there a spider on my shoulder? Like, what's going on? And Lane was like, yeah, I think I got it. So normally, if you have a bug on you and someone, like, swats it away, that's the end of it. Well, Lane continued to hit her. And so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I got it! Yeah, I think it. I got yeah. it. Smack, smack, smack. <laughs> so then Michelle confronted her She's and was like, thorough. what the fuck are you doing? Uh, Lane got angry and threatened to call the police. And Michelle was like, okay, I'll call the police myself. That's fine. So then Lane started to punch her. I'm... Okay. No, sorry. Keep going. Yeah. Just Um, don't want to... So they were kind of wrestling. Uh, She pushed Michelle backwards onto a bed. And they they wrestled some more trying to... Michelle was trying to get away. Mm -hmm. Um, Lane grabbed a lava lamp. So first she choked Michelle... Lava lamp. She grabbed a lava lamp and broke it over her head. Um, okay. So while this is going on, Michelle... That glass is pretty thick, too. Yeah. Michelle stated that she kept saying, why are you doing this? Uh, I don't know why you're doing this, but I love you. And Lane responded, if you love me, you'll let me do this. So she's just... I think what that was is she's just trying to appeal to, like, I don't know what's going on, but, like, we can figure it out. Stop. Let go of me. Um, that kind of thing. This sounded like it lasted for more than, like, a couple minutes. It probably did. Just, like, with, like, series of hitting and... Mm-hmm. I mean, it was... But it also could have been rather quick, because a lot of the things that 
feel or that you think would take a long time or maybe feel like they take a long yeah. time actually happen really quickly. Okay. Um, so then, so she broke the lava, led over, lava lamp over her head. Uh, Lane then stabbed her in the neck with a shard of broken glass from Whoa, the lamp that she broke okay. over her head. Um, so Michelle fought back as hard as she could, stating that she wanted to survive for her unborn daughter. But Lane was able to pin her arms underneath her knees with her full weight and press the heel of her hand into Michelle's throat. So then Michelle lost consciousness. So she choked her out. Mm -hmm. So then she wakes up and she just has an overwhelming pain in her stomach and she tries to get up so she can go lock the door and her feet and her legs won't support her. So she just like willpowers herself over to the door and gets it locked and falls back on the bed and realizes that her intestines are outside of her body. So she's basically just like holding them in. Um, but she, she was able to pass out due to shock. She was, well, adrenaline. I mean, she's trying to stay alive. Um, she was able to get up and get the door locked. Um, during this time, she lost half of the blood in her body. So she gets the door locked. She falls back on the bed, realizes that her insides are outside and she is able to call the police. So she calls 911 um, begs for help. There's a six minute call, which I didn't listen to because I didn't, I couldn't find it, um, in a way that I could listen to it. I'm sure if I looked again, I could probably sure find it and be able to listen to it. But they played the six minute call for the jury during the trial. Um, and part of that call, she says, she cut me. I'm pregnant. She cut me in my stomach. So the first officer that arrived, um, told her to apply pressure to the deep cut across her stomach. And he said that she was covered, I mean covered head to toe in blood. So, and then I, this was part of the reason I, I didn't want to put any pictures in the drive because they were, they were gnarly. They're pretty graphic. There, there was blood everywhere. Uh, so shortly after the officer arrived, or no, shortly before the officer arrived, Lane's husband, David Ridley, or partner, uh, I think they were like common law married. Um, so mm-hmm. Lane's partner, David Ridley, arrived at home to take Lane to a doctor's appointment because she'd been pretending to be pregnant. And he found her standing in front of a closed door in the basement, which is the one that Michelle had locked. And her hands were covered in blood. So he's like, whoa, what's going on? So she told him that she had miscarried and given birth in the bathtub upstairs. So he goes upstairs and finds the fetus in the bathtub with no signs of life. That is different from his original statement in which he said that he picked the fetus up and she was gasping for breath. Um, so I don't, I don't know what he was trying to do by giving that original statement that the child was already alive because she most definitely was not. Um, she died within minutes of being removed from her mother's body. Right. So she was... What was she? Did you say she was seven, seven months, months in? Yeah. So there's no way that lungs were fully developed well, too. I mean, because most babies at that stage it could have been viable, that. but being remo- removed in such a forcible manner like that, like we don't. I'm sure she wasn't very careful when she removed it, so we don't know what went on in there. Right. Um. So they rush to the hospital, uh, and they're in the ER, and Lane is screaming, "Save my baby! Save him! Save him!" So she's this baby is not a he. And that'll be important later. Um, Save him. Mm-hmm. Um, so the doctor tried to restart the baby's heart, but was unsuccessful because 
this infant has been dead for a while now. Um, so the doctor told Lane that it was actually a daughter, not a son, uh, declared the time of death, and wanted to treat the mother because, I mean, you know, you just had a miscarriage. There's bleeding and stuff that's going on. Uh, Lane refu refused treatment. So as the doctor is explaining her concerns about bleeding, she's informed that a stabbing victim is en route. So she doesn't want to traumatize this couple that she thinks has just lost their child anymore. So she has them quickly moved to a different floor of the hospital. Um, this is where they determined that Lane had, in fact, never been pregnant. Right. Uh-huh. Um, and she told another doctor that Michelle had attacked her and that she was defend just defending herself. And that was why she killed her. Um, so she wasn't aware that Michelle was still alive. So she just left her to die. She thought that she was dead. Um, and she claimed that she removed the fetus in an attempt to save it, which, yeah, okay, bullshit. The ER doctor was not aware of all of this, so she's prepping the prepping the, for a patient with a gash that stretched from hip bone to hip bone. That's not a cesarean. The wound was large enough that two doctors had their hands inside the wound, searching for the source of the bleeding. That's not a cesarean, right? Cesarean's always... I mean, they're also not done with a kitchen knife. Sure. <laughs> God, okay. Um, this is when they figured out what had happened. Michelle was barely alive, and she was not... She lost half her blood. I'm uh -huh. surprised that she even was conscious. She was not aware that her baby had been removed from her body until she woke up the next morning. Oh. So mm -hmm. Lane was sentenced to 100 years of imprisonment, but by Colorado law, there was no homicide charge, as the mother survived and the fetus was found to not have been viable. Um, this trial was, or the decision was rendered, rendered April 29th, 2016, so it was nearly a year after the original attack. Um, I've noticed that most cases kind of take a year in mm -hmm. a weird way. She was charged with attempted first-degree murder, two counts of first-degree assault, two, two counts of second-degree assault, and unlawful termination of a pregnancy. Um, so Lane already had children. She had two daughters and a son. Okay. Um, she had been, she had been faking her pregnancy for a year now. So I don't know what the hell this guy is doing thinking, oh, she's been pregnant for a year. That's fine. That's normal. No, guys, that's not how it works. Um, and so she'd picked out the name James cool. for her pretend baby. Mm -hmm. um, her youngest child, Michael, had passed away. He was found in a decorative backyard fish pond. Uh, his death was ruled an accidental drowning. So then upon all of this happening, they like re-looked into this case and they found that like there weren't any red flags or anything. Like it was legitimately like an drowning. accidental drowning. Um so it's, I mean, it's interesting to think like she's, nope, this is my son. It's my son and she's lost a son. So I'm sure that probably played into it as well. Sure, psyche. But yeah, um, there were a lot of really great articles that I grabbed my information from that had like interviews and like court snippets from Michelle testifying. And I found one that was with, um, what's her bucket? Dinel, Dinel, yeah, um, Dinel, Lane, whatever. Yeah. I can't pronounce her first name. Apparently, Lane. Reading is hard. 
um, like her account that she gave to the police originally and then like what she said actually happened after that and like people that knew her outside they were like I don't know like this is totally out of character blah 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 um and people that like thought her pregnancy was real and right and it's weird because you always feel like there's a picture painted where like you should have known easily that like there was like a psychotic break or that someone was dangerous but I I mean, I used to think that too, but it feels like the more that that knowledge is spread, or at least the more I learn, it's always just something caused a trigger for this one person. Because, like they said, like it's not in their character, mm-hmm. right? So why would they go through that? So either the the grief that she had took over, and she just she felt like maybe she could redeem herself as a mother. Possibly that's just my speculation. Mm-hmm. Well, and I don't, I don't know, um, but. I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, oh, part of it was probably that she felt like she needed to do something because, like, her pregnancy had to come to an end at some point. So she wasn't actually pregnant. Oh, and so that's another interesting thing. Most pregnancies about. end in a child after nine months. Right. So it's possible that she set up a lie for herself mm-hmm. to kind of cope with the trauma and then she realized that mm-hmm. it couldn't last. Yeah, that's certainly possible. Mm-hmm. Um... And, like, she'd had a baby shower and everything. Like, yeah. Both sides are... It's it's a really sad story all the way around. I mean, um, one side's definitely more <laughs> sad than the other. Well, and all of the... Like, the reports said that at the trial, Lane, like, didn't really have any emotion. And the only time that she was emotional was when they were playing her statement. So it was like she was just upset that people were, fig- like seeing her lies and stuff like she didn't really seem to have any remorse for all like everything that she'd done to this woman right interesting and that is that's the the case of michelle wilkins and the attack on her yeah yep that's pretty fucked up (laughs) yeah that's a yeah that's a doozy and it's I don't know, like, 6% of all infant abductions seems like a really high number. It does. That sounds awfully high. And something I did notice is that the majority of these cases were all in the United States. Huh. There was, like, a couple cases in South Africa, a couple in um, South America, well, but the almost... The vast majority almost, was... Like, almost all of them were in the U.S. Interesting. Yeah, because you would think, too, in places like where, like, slavery might still be a thing or, like, uh, sex trade or anything like that, that that might be more prominent, mm-hmm. right? Because that's, in terms of a business mindset, that's their mm-hmm. assets. Um, man. Yeah. Yeah, you weren't kidding. This, yeah, this no. is a doozy. Jump back you into really the real big one. For Disneyland. <laughs> Thanks a lot. But... Um, I mean, Michelle survived. She did. And to all the other ones, it sounded like the majority, at least of the, the fetuses, survived. Uh, and a good chunk of the mothers mm-hmm. did as well. So. Definitely more often the mother did die. Because, I mean, having your body ripped open. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't imagine. And having your insides. Listen, listen. Out. I'm not a person who expects to give birth anytime soon. <laughs> um. <laughs> But I would imagine birth in general is a 
scary process, let alone just being opened mm-hmm. or split in twain. Mm. That is, <laughs> that is uh, not something I expect people to handle easily. Yeah. Uh. Um, so yeah, that was, that was that fun stuff. Mm. Did you just happen to stumble across this story? I'm just curious as to what um, I it. vaguely knew about it before, because like I said, I kind of remembered it happening. Um, like yeah, I never remember when it hit the news. Um, I'm just out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I mean, it was like it's pretty shocking, mm-hmm. and especially that something like this is still happening. Yeah. But I mean, we always be like, "Oh, this is happening in this day and age," and it's like, uh, I guess humanity hasn't really changed that much." <sighs> yeah. I mean, in some ways, yes. In other ways, eh. oh. Okay. Good story. Yeah, that was thanks. great. That's a great way to end today. Yeah. Well, actually, today's not over yet. Oh. We have to. Oh, that's roll right. For it. We have to roll for next episode. Right. I'm glad you so, said something. I would have forgot. Oh, I was. And then not, we would have. I needed something to make it a little bit more like. Uh, <laughs> at the end of that, that was a little. Then we would have had issues. Gonna be like, so what are we talking about next week? I don't fucking know. I don't know. What are you? What the fuck are you talking about? Good question. Good question. Let's figure it out right now. What'd you get? What'd you get? I got a four. Got I'm a... talking about history, education. Ooh. One you've had before. Let's see. What dice will... I'll tell you what. You pick my dice and I'll figure it out. Well, I mean, the, all the ones in the middle are going to be the metal ones. Uh... Okay, we're going for the... Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, my I... gosh. And you picked the exact dice. <laughs> I forgot to say what, what dice I've got. So I have some crystal cast dice. These are fire, opal, sapphire. And they are really pretty, but they are sadly out of print. So, the dice that Katie picked for me, which is actually one I was hoping to use, is my, like, pearlescent, sparkly white die that I got from a a bag of dice. Oh, is it whiz dice? Whiz dice. has, like, a hundred dice in it. And I just really, really like these dice. So, what do I get? Six. Six. What is Six. I believe. I know it's not paranormal. Entertainment. Entertain. Man. Okay. <laughs> okay. Cool. Okay. <laughs> That'll work out. Cool. Well. Well. Thank you for tuning in. Yeah. Come back next time to find out what the fuck we're talking about. Okay, bye. Bye. If you've got something to say, you can find us on Anchor at anchor.fm slash WTFpod. You can email us at wtf.podcast.mail at gmail.com or find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at WTFAYTA podcast. That's WTFAYTA, that's our acronym, podcast. Our music is by Decker Hinckley and our artwork is by Kirby Morfitt. It's nice. Whenever I can't make decisions, I just let the dice decide for yeah. me. <laughs> like, what happens here? Okay, I guess that does happen. That's my favorite, is when, like, the DM disappears behind their screen, and you just hear dice rolling, and you're like, fuck. The shit is gonna happen now. And the, I had not planned for this. The way that Fran does it is she rolls some dice, and she goes, hmm, good to know. And then just carries on with what she was doing, and we're like, ah, we're gonna die.